Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Welcome back, friends, to the week 12 update. So this wouldn't be a flower farming podcast if I didn't talk about the weather. And so guess what we're going to start off with? And if you are a flower farmer in zone six and below, I would love to have you on my podcast and talk about nothing but the weather and how you cope with all of this. Because these temperature fluctuations that we are experiencing here where I live is insanity. So when you type in my zip code, I come up as 8B, total life. I am 100% in a microclimate. Like I've mentioned before, I'm like two to three weeks behind whatever's blooming in my town. There's that much of a climb up the mountain from my town of Estacada to my house. And I truly feel like I'm more of a zone seven, but I don't know for sure. But I know that going into my third year, but I've been growing flowers for like 18 years. And I know year after year after year, our springs are happening later. Our summers are extending well into fall. And, you know, when I started my CSA for the first time last year, as I was figuring out the timing of it, I was looking through my pictures of the flowers. And I decided to start my CSA last year in April. Oh boy, the stress that went with not knowing if I would have flowers to start off my CSA was real. Now, at this time of year, a week can be a big difference if Mother Nature decides to be kind. But I, it was close. It was super close. I did have flowers. I was able to start on time. But I took a hard look at, for this year, my second season of my CSA of when I wanted to start it and when I wanted to finish it. And boy, am I glad that I decided to start it in May because I... There's just no way. As it is, Easter is two weeks from now, and I'm just like praying that those tulips and the specialty narcissi will be ready to put some arrangements together for Easter, but who knows at this point. I mean, this week started off gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was t-shirt weather. I was like going hard to get stuff done with major squirrel brain when it's dry around here like you got all the things you got to check off the list (laughs) before the rain just starts for days if not weeks if not months so when it's nice and dry out like you better be up at the sunrise and staying out well past the sunset and with us farming Christmas trees it's exactly that Matt goes one way I go the other and we meet in the middle for a cheese stick for dinner. (laughs) That is our life. But anyways, the weather has been insane. So the week started off beautiful and then the end of the week, it's been snowing. Like I'm still looking out the window right now as I record this podcast and it's still snowing. Like we woke up to seven inches of snow this morning. Like I just don't get it. It's, it's been such a killer of joy to the soul around here so that's why I said if you are a flower farmer in like zone six and below even zone seven I'd love to have you on the podcast and let's talk all about the weather so going back to the nice days 
I did something really bad. So I had my son's birthday party I had to do, but I every year I put bark dust down on my landscape beds because we have a ton of dandelions in our Christmas trees and they love to blow into my landscape. So the bark dust helps just to provide that mulch to keep those weed seeds at bay, but also looks really nice. And when people pick up flowers here, I want them to have a beautiful experience all around. So the ground was way too wet to use a tractor, so I got to use the good old shovel and wheelbarrow and unload it all by my lonesome, which is so much fun. But I was on a time schedule. I had to get that done because I had boys coming over for a birthday party and I was just going and it was so hard because I was like oh I had bare roots I had to plant I had seedlings that have been on the back porch for I don't know weeks hardening off that I really wanted to get in the ground which I didn't which I'm glad I didn't and I'll get back to that but as I was rocking out to some Avril Lavigne and just working hard shoveling that bark dust I don't exactly remember what happened but I just remember thinking to myself, ooh, that wasn't good. That I might regret whatever I just did later. And two days afterwards, I did. I did something very bad to my knee, which was not good. I finally broke down and went to the doctor and got x-rays and nothing is broken or like my ACL isn't torn, but I'm on strict instructions to ice and elevate and sit on my bum, which if you know me, I don't do very well and I may have not been so good. But I have been trying to sit and get all the stuff I can get done that requires sitting and icing my knee. So here's a lesson to all of you. And this is also advice for myself. Slow down. Take a note of what you're doing. Watch your transitions. Really try to think about the ergonomics of how you're lifting buckets, how you're squatting down, all the things. And also repetitiveness. Like I know that the squirrel brain probably was benefiting me because I would take breaks from shoveling and go plant stuff so just mixing it up too so your body especially in the spring as we're like in go time just allowing your body to have a mixture of hard work in different modes probably will benefit you all but just learn from my mistake you know I'm the only person out here so me going down is a big deal if you have employees like I'm so jealous but when I go down stuff stops and I just can't hurt myself like this again so thankfully the snow has at least made it better because <laughs> if it was sunny out right now I would not be okay that's all I gotta say but the few days that it was sunny I totally planted some stock and some of my perennials so here's praying that they're okay if not it's just seed and I can plant it again and I'll learn for the next time on the topic of seed you know oftentimes I hear like here are the top 10 flowers to grow you should really limit the number of flowers that you grow and I'm going to just stand up with my hand raised and say screw it 
plant all the things, look in the beautiful catalogs, pick all the flowers. Because here's the deal, people can tell you what to grow, but until you have that experience with those flowers, you're not really going to know what you enjoy, your customers enjoy, what you're really great at growing, what will sell for you. And so if you don't try it, you'll never really know. And I'll use an example of Clarkia. This was a flower that I started from seed. actually direct sowed it last year in a place that I wanted to be designated for like a pollinator patch. And it was gorgeous. And actually a beautiful filler flower and it lasted super long in my bouquets. Had I never even just tried it because I don't even see Clarky on most of the top 10 lists, I wouldn't have been able to be introduced to it and enjoy it. So I'm going to be out there as a cheerleader saying, try all the things. And every year, try something different because you'll be surprised by some flower that you may not have thought of and it may be a huge success for you. When the weather was super beautiful at the beginning of this week, I was feeling like I was super far behind, like I hadn't started a lot of the seeds that I should. But boy, was I reminded real quick that, you know what, I'm totally on track because the thing is, I do mainly soil blocking. It allows me to maximize my space under my lights and on the heat mats, and I can grow way more flowers using soil blocks than I can trays. Yes, they are more high maintenance, but uh, it's just the method that I've found success for my farm. So the deal with soil blocks is a lot of times those flowers, they don't want to sit there for very long, especially those warm summer annuals. I was really kind of fretting at the beginning of the week, like I should have started them, I should have them ready. And boy, have I been reminded that nope, don't waste your seed, Rochelle, just be patient. But I'm mainly thinking about like the zinnias and the flowers. I want to get them started, but I don't want them to get too big. I really like them to be up with their first set of true leaves and then I'm putting them out in the field. When it was really nice, I was just sitting out there looking at the field trying to plan where I wanted to put stuff. Plus, I want to rotate my crop. So the bed that I designated for zinnias, I don't want to plant them in that bed this year. I want to switch it up and I'll put cosmos in that bed. So it's still a work in progress, but it's an excellent exercise to do while icing my knee. I also have direct seeded a lot of cool flowers like Larkspur, Delphinium. I had fall direct seeded some foxgloves and actually they did come up which I'm super excited about because I've tried to grow them inside unsuccessfully. And so if anything could be direct sowed and do it on their its own, like you are my flower. I love you. <laughs> so I've been trying to direct sow some flowers that I know will like kind of the cooler temperatures and hopefully will germinate. If not, you know, we have Dollar General here, not sponsored, but they do have really cheap uh, seed that would be excellent to experiment with. I do not want to jinx myself, but so far my strategies to keep said deer out of the tulips have been successful, but we shall see. They have been really taking on some growth and they have been through it all. So folks, I 
put them in crates. I do not have them covered. They are out in my field 100% on their own and I'm just hoping that I can at least get them to up and bloom and I can pull them with their bulb and put them in my cooler without any more deer trying to consume them. I would really like to sell them. You know, historically I've just composted my tulip bulbs, which it would be really interesting to go down there and see if I've got any um, green showing in the compost pile. But I did see that if you do take the bulb, it may take like two to three years for them to kind of do their thing again. I was telling my husband this morning, I'm like, I'm just going to throw them in the ditch and see what happens. So it may take several years. On another note, we have this beautiful farm that's not far from us called the Wooden Shoe Tulip Farm. I've been watching them to see what their tulips have done. They started their festival actually like a couple days ago and they have some very short tulips which is kind of interesting and I did ask them because they have fields upon fields upon fields of tulips. If they ever get any deer pressure which they told me no knock on wood but anyways uh but yeah it's interesting that a lot of these uh varieties are shorter so I would be curious to see what my tulips what they come up with but I do feel like they've got plenty of chill time over this winter if not the beginning of spring so more to come on that some of my specialty narcissi are kind of in that gooseneck stage there's like a handful out there I was just gonna let them bloom out in the field so I can take photos of them because that is one thing folks when you have the flowers now take pictures take videos so you can use it as marketing material because I thought I did take a lot of pictures but I need to take way more pictures and video to show my customers like what I've got coming because I'll oftentimes you know like say the specialty narcissi I would harvest them you know reach down to the ground pull up and you know the stem snaps off and I would put them in my cooler last year and I'm no expert that's just just my experience I'm sure somebody would critique it but what I did last year is yeah I'd it'd get to that gooseneck stage I'd pull it up I put it in my cooler I could usually hold them for about a week uh, and then I would take them out start designing with them and they would instantly open up once they got into that warmer weather but you know I didn't have to use them right then and there but I could use them say in the next week and that really last year got me through Easter into Mother's Day which was really helpful so I'm super excited to see them and definitely going to be taking more video especially because I need it for content. Well folks it's been quite the week and I'm excited for the next week. I can't believe it's almost April like where has the year gone? I hope you're all doing well and thank you everybody for your kind comments. You know oftentimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself here so it's always so great to hear from folks and I've heard a lot from folks just getting started and I always you know tell them hey if you ever want to join the podcast you all have a story to tell whether you're in year one or just barely getting started to year 20 you all have something to contribute to the conversation and there's folks out there at all levels 
hopefully listening in that can relate to people's stories and find a nugget here and there that might be beneficial to them. Well, friends, I wish you all the best in week 13 and we'll uh, connect again next week. Thank you. Hello there, and here's one of your Freckle Bloom Flower Kids here for the flower fun fact of the week. Did you know that Monastesia was the first flower to be discovered and that the Euro flower was used to heal soldiers during World War I? Thank you for listening. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation, and together all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.